All right. Let's teach. For some of you, this will be a bit repetitive, and that is okay. The reason it will seem repetitive is because it is. It will also bring clarity. Most of you have heard this one time. Some of you have heard something several times. But this should bring some clarity. For those of you who have been visiting or who aren't members of our congregation, we're going to talk about what that is, what that means to us today. But the most important thing is, as I go through this, you should actually crave it. You should learn it. There should come a time when um, Steve and Melissa could, could, could meet with a bunch of new people and walk through this better than I can and, 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 and have people join in membership. There should be a time when Mark and Jen should be able to say, we know exactly why we believe what we believe here in our church, and this is what it means to be a part of our church family, and we want to lovingly share that with you. I am working toward that end. That's what I would love to happen. I don't do it. You do it. Family grabs family, all right? But for those of you th this morning, this will be the first time in five years since we started this. Uh, I got here seven years ago and five years ago. It seems like so long now, but most of the people in the room uh, don't even remember. Some do. The business meetings and the democracies and the uh, committees and the committee chairs and serving on 17 committees that never served anyway. And now, you know, 27 pages is four pages. And that four pages was born out of God calling me to pastor the first church that I had and me going, I, don't, I genuinely don't know what that looks like. And rather than having a, 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 a Wikipedia-defined pastor for me, I went and said, well, what is church? And I searched and I searched and I read and I looked at who was growing and who wasn't growing and who was biblically sound and who wasn't biblically sound. And then I sat with another and several months later, this is what, you, this is what came out. And it's just been altered over, um, you know, the last couple of years to, to be more right. You don't always get things right the first time, all right? So um, let me say this too. It is just four pages, um, but apart from the Holy Spirit, it is worthless. You say, well, how can you all run a church on basically two pages that tell us what to do and two pages that tell us who we are? Well, there's a lot of the Holy Spirit. The elders get together and understand their responsibility, and we run it through this filter. It seems to the Holy Spirit and to us that this is how we should proceed. We recognize, and over the next five years, as we all have time, as we all work towards something and pray toward, towards something, staff, men, women are going to gather together, and we're going to begin to write down, all right? It is healthy to write down how we're working through a lot of these decisions so that Zoe, all right, one day, all right, our children one day, all right, the, the Moberly kids that are all growing up, so that one day when we're not here, hopefully we've grown them to listen to the Holy Spirit. But they can also look back and go, hey, how did Dad, how did Pastor Craig, how did the elders handle this situation? What I do not want to do is write so much that it becomes religious. Here is the answer to every question. Here is the answer to every praise. The Baptist faith and message. And I am a Baptist at heart, okay? But I don't need a 72-page book that outlines everything that we have to do. Because let me tell you something. Divorce is different for everyone. Anxiety and depression is different for everyone. And for all of the things that God doesn't define, he has sent a counselor to help us. And that's why we've got to get attached to that bind. Vine. So I will not write so much that there's an encyclopedia for you to read and hand out discipline. That's not the goal. But I do want to be wise, and I do want us to find a way to help our children know how we worked out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's how I wanted to say that. Scripture's always good, okay? So there is more, but it's here. There, all right? 
But for now, you have to be able to get over one question before we even get started. Thou shalt attend church. What chapter and verse in what book does it say that? Thou shalt sign a covenant or sign a card and walk down front. Thou shalt go through the voting process to become. Where does it say that you have to do that? If you want to start your conversation with integrity, you start here. It doesn't. The Bible doesn't say join a church. The Bible does not say you have to be a church member. The Bible does not say you have to attend church. It does not. All right? But in a miraculous amount of locations, there is a theme that is not just apparent. It is overwhelming. All right? The Old Testament, God speaks through the prophets. Jesus, the word, comes and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are his life story. Then there is an entire book called the book of Acts, which is how the people who knew and loved Jesus were supposed to act together, and it is the birthplace of the church. It is actually Luke, gospel number three, Luke part two. Luke wrote Acts, okay? And it teaches the followers of Jesus how to be the bride of Christ, which is what? the church, and they gather together in celebration and in homes, all right, the temple courts, homes, that is worship service on Sundays, small groups in the week, that's why we do it, all right, and then they communed with one another, they took communion with one another, they baptized, they got together, they made sure everybody had what everybody needed in what? Churches, and then all of the people that followed, all right, when they were speaking to the people who follow God, the, the people who follow God when they're speaking to believers, here's how they address them. This is 1 Corinthians, to the church of God and Corinth, those sanctified in Christ. This is Galatians, to all the brothers and sisters with me, to the, in Galatia. Well, Craig, does it always say church? Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus. See, Craig, it doesn't say church. Problem, together with what? Overseers and deacons. Who are they overseeing and deaconing? <clears throat> Let's try Thessalonica. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. To the... Oh, good. How about John, the beloved, we think. No, 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 no proof of that, but we think this is the same John who gets exiled to the island. We know that John writes this book, all right? We're not going to have a theological debate here, but he has Jesus speak to him in chapter 1, and Jesus tells him to write seven letters. And I want you to see where those seven letters go. To the angel at the... Of Ephesus, right. Next, to the angel at the... Of Smyrna, right. Next, to the angel of the? At Pergamum, right. Thyatira, Philadelphia, all right. Laodicea. God always addresses his bride, and his bride is, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, there is way more than an assumption that you are obedient to him by plugging into what? The body of Christ, which is the? Any questions? Okay then why do we do what we do? Tom Rainer says the biggest problem with church membership is whether it is put into us or whether we become it, the, the role of church has become way more like the role of a country club in our life. It is a place where we can belong, where we pay dues, and then we speak into the decision on how high or how low the grass is cut how, how green or how 
Bermuda or how bluegrass the fairways are, uh, the temperature of the pool, whether or not the children are allowed with or without their parents, and we make those decisions because we pay dues. And the church has become that. I give a tithe, so I get to tell you what color the carpet's going to be, when you're going to start the work on the outside of the building, who you get to hire and who you do not get to hire, and that is how democracy works because we're in America. That's all well and good, and we're doing some masking things and not masking things, and we're doing some city things and not city things because we live in America, and we're under the authority of the president and the Senate and the governor and all of those things. But when you walk in these doors and we talk about Jesus Christ, the, ten com- the, 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 the amendments and the articles of the Constitution, the Bible is what matters. All right? That's what matters. And so I think we lost our way. And in finding my way, it was rather simple, okay? Page one is called the essentials, and here is why. Because these are the things that actually are essential. We argue about non-essential things. Don't get me wrong. Divorce, abortion, murder, gossip, they're important things. But they are not, not ever essential things. These five things are what we, here at NBC, are willing to die for. If you don't believe these five things, there is no, everything is going to be talking about these five things. No matter what I talk about, it's going to come back to this. God is the author and creator of the universe. He was and is and is to come. His son was with him in the beginning. His name is Jesus Christ. He was the word become flesh. He lived and died so that we might be with him one day. The Holy Spirit is how we are counseled now because he is in heaven preparing a place for us with his heavenly father and the spirit is here. The scriptures are how we know all of these things and the church is to share all of these things. Going to die on those hills, people. Believe what you want to believe about the rest. You don't believe those. We're not for you. We start with that. If you don't, you can leave now. I'm not going to be angry. There's just really no sense in you giving me 20 more minutes. There's no sense in you listening to me ever. Okay. Some people like camping. They are okay with a roll of toilet paper or the leaves that they find. Not this cat. Okay to go archery. Okay to go gun. Okay to go hunting. I want a hotel, motel, holiday inn at the end of the day. That's not, some people love that. Some people, fishing people. Some people are football people. Some people are food people. I don't know any of them, but if I did, I'd like them, okay? So that we all have things that make us us, right? Same with churches. What differentiates us from Catalyst or Edgewood or First Baptist, okay? Nothing to do with age, race, or color, or denomination. What we want to make sure is that everybody who comes in here knows, hey, there's never going to be a question two years down the road what my church focuses on, what, what they're going to center in on in this walk. Because you can center in on 100 things, but you and I both know. You try to do 100 things and do them good, you're not going to do any of them good. You focus on a few and do them well, that's smart. So here's our things. I want to apologize to everybody in here for the last five years, even you. When, I, when, when these initially came out, okay, the actual core values were the Greek words you see on the right. And I have neglected in changing them over to actually go back and tell you why we did that. So you're going to get that today. There's something missing in English, all right? When we actually chose our core values, there was more to them than the word, the joyful celebration, the body, and the mission. And I want to tell you that this morning. These are our things. Everything that we do, 
Kona Ice on Wednesday is about the unity of the body. Why? Because we haven't been able to get together just for fun, and we need to. So we're parking a truck out there where it's safe, and we're saying, come get some ice and smile at your brother and, and say, hey, Air 5, whatever you want to do, but enjoy one another's company for a few minutes, not having to listen to the bald-headed rant, okay? Just out there, all right? So everything's going to fall under these things, right? Okay, here they are. Logos. The word is the scripture, and that's what I've been teaching. We chose logos, though, because that is way more. In John, when it says, in the beginning was the logos, and the logos was with God, and the logos was God, the word that is our core value is multiple meaning. It is the word scripture, but it's also the word breathed out in Genesis chapter 1 that is Jesus himself, so it is the living word of God. Logos means a whole lot more. So we're going to begin with the live, living, and active word of God, both represented in the scripture and represented in the Son. That is core value number one. Number two, euphreno, joyful celebration. All right, when I teach this all the time, I'm always teaching it like, hey, if you're mad at somebody, if you don't want to get along with somebody, go, go home. And people are like, really, go home? Yeah, go home. We don't want, you, we don't want your negative energy up in here, up in here, all right? But we, we want you to come back. We just want you to get happy and then come back. But this is so much more. Euphreno, it literally, um, I, I didn't have it till, till the first service. Think volcano. You know, volcano way down low builds and then erupts and it just spews everywhere. Okay, if you got to know God so well and he became the God of you and then you learned something that you wanted to share with the church and then you got in worship and you just couldn't help it. Breathe all breath of God and when you sing, it just boom. And when you hear, you just joy, that's Euphreno. Our target, no matter how long it takes, is for when we come up in here, Melissa and, 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 and everybody in, in this room, less all of these people, they, they come together and, and the Jesus in them just, ah, boom. And we worship the king. That's Euphrano. All right? So one of our goals is an overflowing celebration of joy. The body, somatos. We don't have a word like this, but think synergy. All right? In a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, they talk about synergy, all right? And it's how all of everything can do a lot of things, but if you put all the parts together, they're more powerful together, all right? This is what Jesus was calling for, and this is why I say not because he says, but because he is. I don't want you to be unified because Jesus tells us to. I want you to be unified because he is unified with the Holy Spirit, and he is unified with the Son, and he is unified with the Father, and we are made in his image. And that image isn't fingers, toes. That image is community of one. And that's why he prays in the garden. I pray not only for myself, I pray for all, also for all those who will believe in, in my name, that they may be one as you and I are one, so that the world may know. We have to be unified so that we can send the real message of Jesus Christ out to the world, okay? So the unity is the parts of the body, all right? And here's what I said today I've never said before. So why do I have to join the church, all right? Well, this is kind of nasty, but what, what if, I, if I cut my hand off right now, all right? And just waved around a nub, all right? And I laid my hand right here, okay? It would still be my hand. Nobody would argue that that's his hand. It's sitting over there, but that's his hand, all right? But my mouth needs my water bottle. So my brain tells my arm to get the water bottle. What happens? I can't get the water bottle. Why? Because my hand is there, but it's not what? A part. 
you were created to do some very specific things and that whatever church you're called to be a part of, you must plug in and then you must do your part. You must be the hand, the foot, the heart, the eyes, whatever, or the body is missing something and something that is a need somewhere else is not getting filled. Well, Craig, can't I just be a hand? You can. Can't I still be your hand? Yes, but you're not doing what you were designed to do and you're not a part of the body making the body better. You should be a part of the body. Unable to reconnect. It's a good thing I know this stuff. All right, the last one, mission. Listen, the word is diakoneo. Diakoneo, which translates what? Yeah, deacon. Here's the problem. Almost all of you grew up with deacons who were good people, all right? Most of you understand a position that is not biblical. Deacons started as servants, and then they became kind of elected officials because we held votes and put our paper in, and then they became a board of directors, and then they became the authorities in the church, and then they became the chairman of the committees, and none of that is in the scriptures. Deacons are nothing more than the hands and feet of the church serving the community in the Bible. You won't find anything different. That is what they are. So why did I use that word for mission work? Isn't mission go ye therefore? Isn't that what you always preach? Yes, but we're not going to go ye therefore just to be in Guatemala. We're not going to go ye therefore just to be at Kroger. We're not going to go ye therefore and just go for ourselves because we're called across some line. No, no, no. We are going to serve. We're going to serve with our finances and it's going to be sacrificial. We're going to serve with our time and it's going to be sacrificial. We're going to serve with our talents and you can expect to be invited and called and called out if you're not willing, because that's what being a part of this body entails. Okay? Cool. We have essentials. Those are the hills to down. We have core values. Now, why do we do membership? Why do we do covenant membership? Well, I explained it with my hand. Now I want to tell you why we don't vote you in or why we, don't, you know, why we do a covenant, okay? And it's better if I just read it. Um, not a whole thing. Just hear me out, because this, I spent a long time on this paragraph. So I, I know that, that it's, it says what I want it to say. Covenant is a biblical concept. God made covenants with Noah, Abram, and the children of Israel and brought a new covenant with Jesus Christ. A covenant differs from a contract or an agreement because it inherently implies meaningful relationships. At NBC, we believe every follower should be a part of a community of committed followers. Covenant is NBC's form of membership. We covenant with one another to do all of the things on the third page, all right? We covenant with God together as the body to be obedient to him as the bride of Christ, all right? Covenant members keep each other accountable in loving relationships of mutual submission. The covenant clarifies the biblical obligations of the elders and of the members, which we're gonna do next. And our hope, listen to me, is that this serves as a tool for reflection. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm really worried about... um, how you've been keeping yourself lately. Are you sick? Are you ill? Is there some sin in your life? And you go, you don't have that right. And I have a tool that says I do. And in this part of the tool, and they say, well, you're being a tool. No. (laughs) This is supposed to be set us all up for success and give us a reason to say, hey, I love you, but, all right? Now, 
Preston brought up a good point earlier, and I, I want to clarify it. It's a great point, and I want you to ask questions here in just a minute. We're going to be done early, and I want you to question anything. Here's what he said. He said, now you're going to talk about submission to the elders, and that's one thing that a lot of people don't like, all right? We just don't like it, and that's fine. We've had a you know, blowback on that, but I don't care. It's what the Bible says. Um, but this, this says in mutual submission, all right? And Preston's like, well, mutual submission, what if, you know, Steve, I know, is um, doing things he shouldn't be doing with a woman that's not his wife, and he comes to me, and he says, hey, I want to talk to you about your handle, how you're handling your son and disciplining your son. Does he have the right to do that? I want you to listen to me. Yes. Well, Steve's, you know, I know about some of Steve's sin. Is he, listen to me, if you cancel the ability to lovingly help you by saying someone is sinning, guess how many people in the world can help you? None. Now, when sin comes out, we, it, it has to be dealt with. All right? So if Preston knows about Steve and Steve knows about Preston, they need to mutually be working that out, and it needs to come to an authority place. And there may be some removal. It doesn't mean that removal is going to go easily. It doesn't mean somebody's not going to call somebody names. Here's what it should mean, though. You are in a place where I don't want you to be because I love you and you have cancer and you are a cancer to the spiritual life of this body and I want to fix it and then I want to make sure that you're plugged back in and even restored to a greater place. That is the goal. So, yes, we're all mutually submissive to one another and yes, there's going to be times when the foot wants to say, hey, hand, I've noticed you've been falling asleep a lot and we really need your help and the hand goes, well, you got a mole. You'd laugh because you know that little illustration is right. All I'm going to tell you is this is a learning process. The first time is always hard. The time where they bite your head off is always difficult. But listen to me. As we grow in the Spirit of God, we will all get better at this, both giving and receiving. And it is a long, listen, dare I say lifetime process of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? What can you expect of Spencer, me, Steve, and anybody else that God chooses? Here is what the Bible says our job is. I have scriptures all over the place. Job number one, find, guide, and appoint new elders. Number two, seek God's will for the church and steward her resources to the best of our abilities. Three, care for the church and seek her growth in grace, truth, and love. Four, provide teaching, and here's my favorite part, from the whole counsel of scripture not provide teaching from scripture i know a lot of guys who do that but they do not provide teaching from the whole here's this verse let's do this that is totally against this we want to provide teaching guided by the whole of scripture equip the members of the church for the work of ministry your job to serve be on guard against false teachers i need to tell you something about this one I struggle with this one, not because I don't know. Ask my wife. When I hear something, my head cocks. It kind of turns a little bit, and I start thinking through it and trying to figure it out. I have no problem, no problem telling you to stay away from false teaching, all right? My problem comes in the teacher's part. I don't get to choose if someone is called by God or not called by God. And I have never stood in this pulpit in the last seven years I've been here and called someone out on something they've said publicly. 
I struggle with the balance there. Listen, I struggle with it in our community. There, there are literally teachers in our community who I do, not want, I do not want you listening to. I do not want them speaking into your life because I think it is unhealthy for you. But I'm not going to say their name from this pulpit. But if you bring me a teaching, I'm going to go, that is not biblical. That doesn't match the whole of Scripture. I have no problem doing that. I just want you all to know from an integrity, honesty standpoint what one of my struggles is. But it's not a struggle. I don't want to condemn another minister. At the same time, your protection of, the protection of the theology which you learn and your children learn, vastly important to me. Lovingly exercise church discipline. Remember, church discipline does actually begin in love. Even if the person is a sinner, if they come to you in love, it's because they want to make you better. If they come to you accusationally with no love or never shown you love, come to me. Set an example by fulfilling the obligations of church membership. We can't elder you if we're not a member alongside you. The opposite of that is, please remember as we elder you that we are sinners and members too. All rights and privileges, both directions. We have to hold up two pages, all right? This is the page that if you choose to be a part of our church that you have to live up to. Here's what a member does according to all of the New Testament when they had church, what people who were involved did. Number one, submit to the authority of the Scripture. Your truth comes from the Bible, the end. We're not making up our own truth. We're not bending the truth to be what we want. We're not caught in sin and now we like that sin, so we're going to change the Bible or ignore that part. No. You submit to the authority of the Scripture. Number two, pursue the Lord regularly through Bible reading, prayer, fellowship, all right? There's teenagers in the room, but the children are all gone. What if those teenagers were still breastfeeding? Was that an awkward question for all of you? What if, you know, just latch? Yeah, ooh, right? So what do you think it is 10 years later when I've been preaching to you for 10 years and you're still not feeding yourself? Point made? Learn to eat. Follow the command. I can't be any more clear than that. That's, what, that, that's it. But, but you're laughing because a lot of you are like, when was the last time I read the Bible when I wasn't in here? Uh-huh. Be baptized. Do communion. Orders of Jesus. Regularly participate in the life of the church. Now, I got something to say about that right now. Our church family, maybe they're afraid. Maybe they need to wear masks. But dadgummit, if you go to Kroger, if you go to Lowe's, if you've eaten in a restaurant, that seat is a hundred times safer. So I'm going to call it right now. The problem is you're lazy. You've gotten used to being at home. I'm putting it on video for you so you're not showing up. That's a covenant problem. I got no problem with people who are scared. I, I, I have loved them. I will keep on loving them. But don't be having no parties in 12 family gatherings and then call me up and say, I'm worried about the church. BS is not. I, I'm, I may say it to your face. Come on. Steward your resources. God has given you in a manner that is sacrificial, joyful, voluntary, and consistent. I really want to have that conversation with all of you. I've tried over the last few years to nudge you a little bit. But some of y'all need me to look your eye and he says, when was the last time you tithed? To submit to the elders and other appointed leaders and join them in striving for unity. Yes, that means your spiritual life is in our hands and we understand the gravity of it. We hope that you do. Walk in holiness in all areas of life and then there's a list 
abstain from sexually immoral practices, adultery, homosexuality, premarital por pornography, seek to preserve the gift of marriage, refrain from slander, malice, drunkenness. I don't, you can't list them all. That's what the Bible's for. But we list, we're very clear about, here's what the Bible says about some things. Now, some of you are like, now that's what I'm talking about. I didn't, you need to make sure that you're preaching not drinking, people can't drink. You need to make sure your people can't play cards unless it's rook cards because that's what my grandmother was allowed to do. Do you understand how silly that is? But my mom's laughing because she knows it's true. Wouldn't play cards, but they would play rook. Love them. Godliest people ever. That one was different. Take seriously the responsibility of Christian freedom. Y'all understand that, right? We're not going to just live by the law and, 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 and be all uh, legalistic. But the minute your license takes over your legalism, somebody's got to put the shepherd hook around you and pull you back into the flock. Come on. Follow the biblical procedures for discipline where sin is evident and hope that discipline and repentance bring what? Restoration. If the goal is not restoration, it's not right. I really genuinely want to know. This is, not, this is a sermon, but it's not a sermon. Is there anyone in this room who has a question, has an encouragement, has something about this that they want to know? Because here's the deal. For the first time in five years, everybody who's in this room today is either reminded or can sign the covenant as of right this minute. If you are in the room and you've never signed the covenant and you want to be a member of this church, you can sign it today. You, you just pick it up on the way out. All right, take your four sheets I went over. They're yours. Put your name, date on this one, sign it. You're part of the church. Boom, done. Instead of having to come to Coffee and Covenant at 9.30 one morning, which will kick back up. I mean, I'm sad. I, you know, there's like 10 people that I was hoping were going to be here that aren't. But there are people that I was hoping would be here that are. And I hope that the rest of you are moving toward being able to say, if somebody asks me, I know exactly where my church is, where they stand, what they believe, and why. I'm going to ask Steve to pray for us. Covenants are up there. If, if, if you are here and you're not a part and you want this is your church and you know that, take the last sheet, write your name, sign your name, put the date, put your birthday, walk right up there, open the door to the office, and slap it down on the desk. Done and done. Okay? Awesome. Um, Father, uh, we thank you uh, for the body. We thank you for the church. And Lord, I just, I think, I think of the story where um, Moses and, and the Israelites had crossed the Red Sea. And no sooner than they crossed the Red Sea, they were in a fight with the Amalekites. And when Moses raised his hands, they won. But when he lowered them down because he was tired, they started to fail. And then two men come alongside him and held his hands up. And that is, that is the story. That is the testimony from Lisa today. That's the testimony from Jennifer. That's the testimony of every single one of us because we need each other and we need you. So, Father, help us to be unified, to, to submit to each other, um, which is the hardest thing to do. Just teach us. And, Lord, we just ask that you bless this church. Father, we ask, we just cast sickness out of this place. Lord, you are the author of life. You are the author of everything good, and we just ask for your blessing and to cover this congregation in your blood of your wonderful son. And we ask this in his awesome name. Amen.